Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to the Almost 30 podcast. I am Lindsay Simsick. Welcome to another solo episode. And if you're listening day of this release, happy Valentine's Day. I hope you're all finding a lot of love for yourself today. I know it sounds cheesy, but it's true. That's where it starts. That's how we cultivate love. Relationship is finding a deep love and even more so acceptance of and within ourselves. So happy V-Day, babies. I'm excited to talk to you today about distraction and focus. I might pull in a little thread around relationships because it's very relevant, but it's going to be a really great one. It is fresh on my heart and in my experience. And I have just reflected on and moved through a lot around distraction and focus in recent months. But first, if you're new to Almost 30, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. How the heck did you find us? It's always so interesting. Usually it's word of mouth. Usually it's someone sharing an episode with you, or maybe you found us on Instagram, or maybe you were scrolling through Apple Podcasts. Either way, we know there's a lot to choose from out there. So the fact that you're here is so cool and meant to be. So you have almost 600 episodes to catch up on. Take your time. We'll be here. And if you want to learn more about what we're doing over here at Almost 30, you can go to almost30.com. We have courses and programs. We have an incredible membership where people can come just as they are, wherever they are on their path and feel connected and supported in their spiritual growth, their personal growth. We do workshops, live hangs, and we have a meditation library, and we have community connections. We have sound healings. We have embodiment sessions. I mean, it is so dynamic, so fun, and has been so healing for all of us to be in there together. So you can join right now, almost30.com slash membership. And I think that's it for now. You'll learn all you need to know on almost30.com. So let's get into this episode. So distraction and focus. So recently I went on an Instagram hiatus, which I do every single year. I think it pisses my team off because I am offline during the months that are perhaps very important for promoting certain things. I do create content for them to share on Almost 30, but I really try my best to stick to my commitment to myself, which is to completely stay off Instagram. And, you know, this time round, I was really shown how incredibly active my mind can be and what an incredible place Instagram can be for the mind, where the mind has something to do. The mind has an opportunity to voyeuristically look into people's lives. The mind can think about, oh, like, how am I going to get there? And why don't I have that? And, you know, compare and just have all of these wild uh, thoughts happening, giving the mind something to do, which it loves. And when I took that stimulus away, when I took Instagram away, I was like, whoa, you know, wow, that thought is looping. Like, wow, my mind is really looking for something to, the energy is loop on, right? Like the energy is to, it almost feels like an obsession energy, if you will. And that's how I knew it was certainly, certainly time to take a break from IG. So I was a little bit shocked when, you know, in those first two weeks, I was kind of having to like really reel my mind back because I would go to these places of like serious anxiety around like, okay, so the fact that I'm not on Instagram right now, like means I'm going to have to catch up when I'm back. And I wonder what people are doing and how far ahead they're getting because I'm off and I'm not getting ahead. Whatever that means, I have actually no real clue, but my mind was just taking a ride. And I was, you know, I found a 
place of compassion for my mind because I know after much therapy and study and experiences that I am not my mind. That is clear to me. So at least I I didn't go on the ride with my mind necessarily, but I was observing it and just kind of freaked. And, you know, I, I found this compassion because, you know, I had realized that things like Instagram or social media, or even like incessantly checking my email or incessantly checking our Slack channel was something for the mind to do, something that the mind knew how to do, that it was very systematic. The mind could find things that were wrong, things that were right, and kind of like hold that flag of like, yep, I got it. I got it. And I just had a lot of compassion for that mind where I'm like, oh, wow, like that's what matters to you. That is what matters to you. And I knew like my heart, my soul, that's not really what matters to me. You know, it's a part of my life. And, you know, at times I find joy and fulfillment in it for sure, because I try to stay as aligned as possible within those realms of social media and work and all of those things. But like, it is not all of me. And I think that's what I was understanding you know, that who I really am is not these things that my mind is being distracted by on a daily basis. And it was kind of trippy to like, let that fall off and then be with who I really am. So this hiatus was definitely a catalyst for this conversation. Now, when, when we say like, I'm distracted. I'm being distracted by, we usually say like, I am being distracted by my phone or I'm so distracted by the drama in my friend group right now. You name it. I've blamed it for sure. It's usually that I'm distracted by. But Today, I really want to approach this exploration of distraction with more ownership and with more compassion, like I said, I found. And I want to get curious. I think the energy of curiosity is so important to bring to just about anything, whether it's a challenge, a growth point, a relationship, a season of unknown. Can we bring curiosity? And my curiosity has brought me to this place of like, is all distraction bad? (laughs) You know, maybe you thought you were going to listen to this episode and I was going to tell you, okay, you know, the parts of you that are distracted, we're going to extract them and we're going to get them focused. You know, like those parts are bad and we got to get focused. But does some distraction have a purpose, right? And how much of distraction is a conscious choice and how much of it is our mind looking for something to do or avoiding something? I really have loved thinking about conscious distraction. I'll talk about it, but it's it's really an interesting choice point that I've loved allowing myself to have when I know deep down I need a little mental break because sometimes we can't get ahead of the mind. The mind's going to run. So how can we kind of soothe it in a way that's healthy, aligned, but just gives it a little something to distract it with? Now, I started this conversation wishing you guys a happy Valentine's Day. I do want to pinpoint one season in particular when I felt the most distracted. The time when I was, what it felt like at the mercy of my avoidance, of feeling the feels, knowing myself more deeply, of being with myself alone time, where I was like searching and reaching so far outside of myself for the validation and for the answers, distracting myself from what I know was true and what I just knew on a deep level. And honestly, I was just distracting myself from discomfort, really. And that was my season of being single. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while now, you know I was the token single girl for about six or seven years here on the show, or actually a few years before the show and then into the show about four or so years. And 
this was the most transformational season of my life. I'm not going to make this entire episode about my single season, but I do want to pull some threads from this season because when I look back, I realize how incredibly, incredibly distracted I was. I have a lot of compassion for that girl because she was trying to avoid feeling at all costs and she was really just trying to bypass this season and get with her person. But that's not the way. That's not the way it works. I was dead set on finding a partner in the wake of breaking up with a long-term boyfriend after I had serial dated and kind of had my quote fun for about a year, maybe two after that breakup, I felt like it was time. Felt like I had enough space and time between that relationship and where I was at that I was ready to be in a healthy relationship. And at this point, time had just passed. I had yet to go to therapy or anything major piece or really get honest about how I felt about the breakup or how I handled it and get honest about how I was settling for pretty poor behavior along the way. But because time had passed, I thought it was time. And what that really means is that I was impatient, incredibly impatient. (laughs) And so this impatient feeling was uncomfortable. This feeling of being seemingly so far from being in a relationship was uncomfortable. This feeling I had in the wake of my long-term relationship, this guilt, this shame was incredibly uncomfortable. And I wanted to avoid it and escape this feeling at all costs. So I distracted myself. And the ways in which I distracted myself included serial dating, dating um, people who really didn't have time for me. But the challenge of it was a distraction. The wondering and just like overthinking everything was a great job for my mind to do and was a welcome distraction to my mind. So it didn't have to really get into the juice juice of what was really going on within me. I also distracted myself with substances. I was drinking quite a bit, whether it was drinking socially, but kind of like going overboard, always being hung over the next day, you know, social lubricant. If I was going on dates, um, I was eating kind of crappy food. I was teaching SoulCycle at the time for many of those years. And I just felt like, well, I'm going to work it off. But I was kind of eating crappy because I was drinking and drinking never makes you eat healthy. You know what I mean? So it was just this really poor cycle that not only affected my body and how I felt, but really affected my mental health. I would have a lot of anxiety. I would have these like loop thoughts. Um, I would go through just these periods of kind of feeling depressed. And yeah, one of the reasons why was my drinking and just lifestyle at the time. I would also be very focused on other forms of validation. So because I didn't have a partner to validate me as a person, which I thought was what I needed, I would overcompensate. And whether it was finding validation in making a certain amount of money or um, having a particular accolade when it came to my career, or maybe buying a material item that could make me feel a lot better, like clothes or something like that, when I really shouldn't be spending a lot of money on clothes at that time. But that distraction just kind of soothed something within me. And it really was that buffer between me and the things I needed to work on. And then finally, you know, social media was a way that I distracted myself and honestly still do at times. And it was a way for me to not only express myself and see myself in a more curated and filtered way, for lack of a better word, than I, how I really felt inside. And it felt better to project that image than to be real at the time. And as you, most of you know, who've listened to the podcast, eventually like 
you know, we came around to just being as real as possible in our process. And that's what was so profound and healing. But before that, it was really about projecting like another story. And, you know, I was so concerned with, say, finding the one that I was hoping maybe he would like see my Instagram or we would DM each other or whatever. So I would really just get lost. I would really get lost in social medias and use technology as a way of escaping and also projecting a version of myself that really convinced me that things were all right. So those are some examples of distractions, distractions that we use to avoid, usually avoid a feeling, avoid a healing. And it's okay. It's okay. I don't want to shame us for turning to those things. But what I would love if after this conversation, you had a little bit more awareness of what's going on when you are distracting yourself, when you are giving your mind, your psyche somewhere to just run rampant. I want us to be so aware that we observe, we note, and we say, ah, you're doing that thing. Okay. Okay. So clearly there's something here that you are protecting me from feeling, from really getting into. And I appreciate that. But adult Lindsay's here. I am in collaboration with my soul. And we're going to take this on. And we're, we will absolutely dip into distraction if we need a little bit of a break. But hear me now, we are in the driver's seat. So that's my goal really for this conversation to just bring awareness. It's not about bringing shame or just like, you know, the whip to kind of get you into shape. It's like, no, let's just bring awareness and compassion to this thing that we do. You know, it's inevitable and we'll do it throughout our lives and it's okay. But how quickly can we observe and notice and come back to awareness, come back to our center and really get into alignment and focus on what's really important and what needs to be tended to. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Oh, therapy, y'all. I don't know. I just, I don't know what I did before therapy, to be completely honest with you. I think I was kind of a mess, but you know, found it when I was meant to, but I have been going to therapy for about six years now, which is so crazy. So crazy, but it has changed my life and I will continue to invest in therapy for as long as I can. I feel like it has totally, totally made my relationships better, made my career better. I am a better mom. I am a better wife. I'm a better friend. I'm a better daughter and sister. Y'all, it's just the gift that keeps on giving. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do, this is it. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you get matched and you're like, yeah, not quite a fit, they make it easy and it's free to change. But I've had a lot of friends try BetterHelp and love it. So I really, really encourage you to start therapy. It's been the best decision I've ever made for myself. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash almost 30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash almost 30. Okay, I need to introduce you to a revolutionary new app, um, Superhuman. I have been doing these superhuman activations every single morning for the last three weeks. Let me just tell you, I kind of fell off of my game after I had the baby. Most of my time and energy was going to him still is, but I have been able to carve out time in the morning before I get into the swing with him. And I've been doing these activations. I do a lot of the shorter ones because I don't have a ton of time, but let me just say, this is new. Like 
this is a new type of audio that um, are super energizing and really specifically designed to transform you into your future self. So I know a lot of us want to manifest things. I know a lot of us are thinking about planning for the future, um, but a lot of us feel stuck. And so I've just felt like this has unstuck me in just the most beautiful way. So I've been doing a lot of their pep talks. I've been doing some of their writing activations. Uh, this morning I did the three morning questions. It was a seven minute, really vibey writing activation that I love. So I had my journal out. Um, yesterday I did a pep talk, uh, about tackling procrastination. There's a part of me that procrastinates quite a bit. So I'm just, I love this. I love this. There's going to be an activation for you for this moment, for this day. Uh, it's incredibly supportive. So we actually interviewed Mimi Bouchard, the founder, not too long ago. Check out that interview. Uh, and we have a sample of one of the activations on our feed. So you can check that out as well. It's way easier to implement into your routine and far more effective than any other audio app out there. I've just noticed that I'm doing it much more consistently. So please don't miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts. On top of the 14-day free trial, get over 60% off your subscription for a limited time only at activation.com slash almost 30. Literally, there is no risk. If you change your mind and forget to cancel after the trial, you're covered by their money back guarantee. The offer is only available through their website, not on the app store. So that's activations.com slash almost 30 for 60% off. It expires soon. So in thinking about distraction, I was like, Okay. So like what distraction is good or purposeful? You know, when does that happen? And, you know, I thought about like the ego because I'm like, yeah, like sometimes the ego needs distraction, right? So I just, I wanted to note kind of why distraction serves us sometimes so we can put this into context when we are noticing, are becoming aware of our tendencies to distract ourselves. So distraction can keep us from pain. Distraction can keep us from pain. Humans have a really hard time with pain. I am one of them. It's, we can think about it and be like, yeah, like I can get through it. Like I'm okay with pain. I can navigate it. I can do, you know, my practices. But then when it's like literally at your doorstep, you're like, oh no, no, not the pain. However, you know, it's a beautiful thing that our mind's like, nope, we're not going to touch the pain. That's too much. But what our soul knows is that we are being guided through pain to transmute it and transform it into an incredible opportunity for growth. And usually it's just a call to your next level. It's like, hey, it's going to be a little hard, a little hard, but you got to trust us. Take a few steps up. Okay. Breathe, breathe, take your time, but you're getting to your next level. And that's usually what it is. Distraction can also be great for avoiding change or the truth. Ooh, yeah. yeah, we don't like change either. Even though we say, I would love a change. I would love to move across the country and I would love a new job and I would love, and those things might be true. But when it comes to the change actually happening, our minds haven't necessarily accounted for all the change, like the waterfall of change that happens because of one thing changing, a lot of other things that could change. Maybe you get a new job and it requires more of your time and energy and maybe it affects your relationship with your partner at home. Or maybe you are getting paid more money and your coworkers see you as like, wait, what? Like you're no longer like at our level. Like, what does this mean? Like projecting onto you, you know, there's just so much change that happens in the wake of change as well that I don't think we prepare for. And so oftentimes when we are kind of desiring change or there's an impending change, we kind of distract and we might either delay it or like kind of dance around it. And I just want us to notice when we are doing that because there's a why. There is a why underneath. Distraction can also stall what your soul calls you to do. And what your soul calls you to do might feel really big. It might feel really, really scary. 
It's also expansive. You might feel not worthy of it. So you might distract so that you don't actually have to be like, okay, I'm in. Let's do this. Because what does that mean? That means not necessarily that there's no looking back, but it's that energy of like, okay, I'm all in. And that really requires the next level of you, which is a scary thing to confidently welcome into your existence. So we will distract. So if your soul is calling you to break up with your current partner, you know, there's been a lot of red flags and just poor behavior and you're just not happy. You're, you're dimming your light. And, you know, instead of actually having a conversation with your partner and being honest about how you're feeling and really taking those next steps to end the relationship, instead, maybe you go out partying with your girlfriends and you get drunk and you forget about it. Or maybe food is something that you use to kind of numb and distract. And maybe you distract yourself by like planning all these things to do together just to make it feel like it's normal. That's really a distraction from the truth of what's really going on. And finally, I thought about distractions as, you know, a way to rebel and assert our autonomy as human beings. Sometimes I'm like, I just want to scroll YouTube and just watch stupid videos. I want to watch Netflix and watch just the craziest, weirdest shows right now and have no one freaking look at me. (laughs) And it's usually in response to like a full day of being focused and working Or maybe I have a hundred emails in my inbox unread and I have so much to do, but I'm just like, fuck, no, (laughs) like just rebelling and being like, I'm my own person. I can do what I want. And it's just a way to like assert my autonomy and, you know, inner rebel of sorts, however mild she is, but it's definitely a way that we use distraction. So there you have it on what do we commonly distract ourselves with and then how might distraction serve us just to put us in the context of noticing. So your ability to notice these behaviors that usually feel like unconscious kind of looping behaviors, whether it's just like standing in the fridge and eating your whole fridge, distracting yourself, or whether it's like incessantly scrolling on YouTube, watching video after video, not really knowing what you're watching, or maybe you are on the dating apps and like saying yes to all these dates and just going out on all these dates and not really keeping track of how you feel, but it just feels good to be out there. Okay. Feels like that looping energy, which is kind of how I would describe or partly describe distraction. So we can notice that behavior and then we can offer or invite in compassion to this behavior and our conscious self can say, okay, I see you. I see this, this behavior, this habit, you know, what's here? Like what, how is this serving you right now? How is this serving your mind or your ego? How is this serving you right now? And ask, asking genuinely, it's not just like, you know, sarcastically, it's like, no, genuinely, like, how is this serving you? Because it must, it must be. And this is a way of just getting more information on what's here. You don't necessarily need to do anything right away. That could be too overwhelming, but we just get more information by getting curious. It's so important to get curious when you're observing your own human behavior, right? I want to give another example of when I was distracted or like choosing distraction. It was an example of when I was avoiding something that I think on a soul level I knew would bring me joy. (laughs) Isn't it crazy? We know something's going to bring us joy and fulfillment on a soul level, but we avoid it. Yeah, it's wild. I'm just like kind of in awe of me at times. I'm like, really? 
really, really, you know, this is something calling you forward, but you are avoiding it. This in particular was about our book proposal that we recently wrote. And I think the fear of never having done a book proposal, the fear of never having written a book really kept me on this surface level of staying busy, keeping distracted, rather than actually dropping in and focusing on writing this proposal, which takes a lot of focus, of singular focus, and also a lot of time and space around the writing period so that I could drop in and really get like ooey gooey with my thoughts and reflections and stories. But I was avoiding it. I would go into my email inbox and answer all these emails. I would go into Slack and kind of busy myself there. I would look at my notebook in um, in my computer and I would like set up all my to-dos and then I would check off the to-dos. And literally it's like three hours later and I hadn't even done anything for the book proposal, which I had blocked off in my calendar. Oh, you know, like I would go clean the bathroom. I would unload the dishwasher. I would make myself a little lunch and then I would clean it up and then I would do a little laundry. And I'm like, oh, still haven't done the book proposal. (laughs) Still waiting for me. And I just had to look at that. And really, I think for me, it's just taking time for me to trust the call of my soul. And it's taken years, to be honest. You know, there are times when it's so clear and I'm down and I'm ready and I'm there's no friction, but there are some times when the call is so strong. I'm like, oh, what does this mean for me? Does this mean I'm going to change who I am? And does, does this mean I'm going to have to really level up in how I approach things? And, oh, I'm going to be a writer now. What does that mean? Like, am I going to be good? Just all of these looping crazy thoughts come in rather than actually just devoting myself to focus and seeing what comes of it, you know, like placing very little expectation on it, but just devoting myself to deep, deep focus. Maybe you relate, you know, I want to talk about the energetics of distraction briefly, because I just found it to be really interesting when I meditated on this. I'm like, oh yeah, it's so interesting. So I mentioned like the looping part of this that I think is like a energy signature of distraction for sure. But I journaled on this and I wrote that distraction is a way in which the human being avoids the pain of being disconnected from their soul, from their spirituality, from that which is unseen, but also the source of all creation. There is a dulling of the spirit that can happen in modern society. Like, do we feel that at any point? A dulling of the spirit that can happen in our society, whether it's by social media or the news, the rising grind and rat race that so many people find themselves in. The external stimuli can easily pull us from our centers. External stimuli could be, you know, the media, the news, social media. It could be the numbers and the comparison and seeing other people's lives and wanting what they have. It could be uh, the potential for a promotion, but you have to sell your soul. Like all of these external stimuli can easily pull us from our center and have, right? Like we've all had experiences where we've been completely pulled from our center, from our knowing, from our alignment especially this can happen if you're in a like lower state, a lower vibration, emotionally, mentally, or physically, which we've all experienced and, and continue to experience intermittently. So we must be aware of when distraction tries to pull us. The energy of distraction serves as that escape from the feeling of separation, from the feeling of that surface level existence. It makes us forget that, yeah, we've actually totally missed the point on a few things and, you know, have forgotten who we are. And it just feels better to forget that and distract from that rather than actually do the due diligence to call ourselves back to ourselves. 
I am juggling quite a bit lately. <laughs> I have a new baby, um, six months in, and uh, we are finishing our book and running a business and a marriage and a house. And um, it's just a lot, but everything is all good and just my dream, but it's a lot. But I have found that if my health routine is on point, then everything runs smoothly. And one huge piece of that routine is my supplementation. And Symbiotica has just always been a constant in my routine. Uh, If you haven't heard of Symbiotica, they're a health and wellness company that does everything with intention. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Like I know them. (laughs) Shervin has been on the podcast many times. I just have seen how passionate, how incredibly intelligent, how dedicated he is to creating products um, that are clean, plant-based, without toxic or harmful chemicals, which we need more of that in the world. Um, So let me just run you through what I'm taking. Um, I take the vitamin D3 K2. It's the liposomal form. I just squirt 12 little pumps in my mouth every single morning. I also take their B12. Um, I'm also obsessed with the liposomal vitamin C. I have these little packets whether it's winter or whatever season, it's obviously great for immunity, but it also um, is amazing because it has biotin, one of nature's most beautifying ingredients. Uh, So I've seen an improvement in my skin, hair, and nail growth as well. I do have mom brain, um, but I'm doing my best to just support my brain health in any way. So for brain health, focus and memory, I really love taking their liposomal magnesium L3 and um, It's an innovative form of magnesium that is able to cross the blood brain barrier. It supports brain health, mood, immune system function, and overall well-being. It's incredible and tastes amazing. It's like this yummy vanilla cream flavor. That's the thing with uh, Symbiotica products. They taste unbelievable. So it really makes taking all of these supplements so easy, so yummy. And I actually look forward to it. So if you want to give Symbiotica a try, there is no better time. Right now is the time. Symbiotica.com, C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A. Use our code almost 30, 20% off site-wide. So major. And then when you bundle and subscribe, which I highly recommend because you never want to run out of anything, uh, you're going to get an extra discount. So just do it up. Symbiotica.com and use the code almost 30 for 20% off site-wide. What I can assume from this is that we want depth. We really do as human beings with a body and a soul and a mind, we do want depth. But what holds us back from going there? I don't know. I mean, I don't have the answer, but you know, in thinking about it, it's like the fear of the unknown, maybe. I also thought about the fear of death, like the death of parts of ourselves that will inevitably die in the process of diving deep into the wholeness of who we are and really getting into alignment. Like things will die off, whether it's parts of us or parts of your life will die off. And it can just be really, it can be tough. It can totally feel like a dark night of the soul, but are we really that afraid to step into our lives to really like face what is to reclaim who we are and why we're here? Like, are we really that afraid that we will just settle for a surface distracted existence and resist and just avoid the depth? Are we really that afraid? And I don't think we are. I think the mind perhaps has convinced us that we are and subconsciously we hold that fear. So, you know, I want to call us into a kind of stillness that can really shine a light on distraction and say what it is and tell us what it is. Stillness is very hard for us. (laughs) And I want to say like, Like rightly, we put a lot of emphasis on stillness, but there's nothing wrong with motion. I think there's just a balance, right? I'm not asking you to be a monk and sit in meditation for hours and hours a day and stop all the things you're doing, but living in a world of motion, and I I want to pull a quote from Mark Nepo, Living in a world of motion, we are constantly asked to quiet ourselves in order to glimpse and feel the truth of things. 
the way we wait for water to go still so we can see the bottom. This is particularly hard when in pain. Oh, think of a time when you experience an incredible amount of pain. Wasn't it so hard to be still? Wasn't it so hard to be with the pain? Wasn't it easier to try to control the next few steps or figure out why you're experiencing this pain or why this thing happened or why they left or, you know, whatever the circumstance is like, isn't it easier to let the mind just rip rather than be still and feel? I want to pull another quote from Mark Nepo because he's my favorite. And I think it's really true when things fall apart, like they do when you're in pain. When things fall apart, they make a lot of noise. When things come together, they do so quietly and slowly. And so we often miss them. Our culture is obsessed with how things fall apart. The news reports only the noise of things breaking down. The weather is even called storm watch. Yet things are constantly coming together, though we have forgotten how to hear them. Yeah, we've forgotten how to hear and feel things coming together because it is so subtle. And I believe that distraction is keeping us from feeling things coming together in our lives. It might not be in the way that you imagined or you planned for, but man, oh man, they're coming together for you. They are coming together for you. And if you're distracting yourself from being in your present experience, you're going to miss it. And you might look for the next thing to fix or make better or to aspire to be or do. And there's nothing wrong with aspirations. But if we aren't here and still in a way that balances out how much we are in motion, I worry that we are going to miss our life, that we are going to really miss the moments that we have collaborated on to bring together to prove to us that miracles are happening all the time and that death and rebirth is happening all the time. How is this landing? If you're nodding, that's good. <laughs> I want to talk about how we are going to reclaim our focus. Reclaim our focus. And this doesn't mean focusing on something for hours and hours a day and making it this obsession, right? Like that could be your path. But when I say focus, I'm talking about deep intentional alignment and awareness of the alignment. And I think that that's where a lot of our fulfillment lies. It's not in these accolades and different forms of validation and in finding your person and getting the paycheck that you want and moving to the perfect apartment. It's like, no, how often are we in alignment, living presently in our lives, balancing the motion and the stillness and saying yes to what our soul wants to do? And what our soul wants to do takes focus. It does because we can so easily become distracted. I don't know if you've ever started to do something that you're like, yes, I'm finally going to cook this lasagna that I've been wanting to cook. It seems so yummy and fun. And I just want to like totally lose myself in cooking this lasagna. And this is totally me. And then phones like charging on the counter and you kind of see someone text you or you see a ping from like a social media app and you're like, oh, okay, let me check this. And then 20 minutes later, I'm still scrolling Instagram. I forgot that I'm making lasagna. And the ingredients are like on the counter, drying out. And I'm like, she's like totally stole my focus. So it does require practice. It does require work, you know, but over time, how much you are focused 
on retaining that alignment and flow will way outweigh how often you're getting distracted. And when you get distracted, you'll come back so much quicker. So just know that this is a process. This is a practice. And if you're serious about it, start today with noticing, just noticing when you get distracted and just be like, oh, that's that part of you. Interesting. What's happening here? What do you really need? What's really going on? How is this distraction serving you? That's all you need to do today. And then we move into, you know, reclaiming that focus and what that looks like. For me, my focus practice has been certainly supported by meditation. I know a lot of you are like, oh, meditation. Okay. I'm just not good at it. Well, that's great. Like, I'm glad you're saying you're not good at it because you're noticing that you're getting incredibly distracted while you meditate. And it's really not the point to judge yourself and give up and be like, I'm bad at meditating. The point is just to come back. The point is to come back and breathe (laughs) and focus on your breath. And if thoughts come up, if you just like journey somewhere, okay, come back to the breath. All good. And it's that simple practice. I know it's simple. I know it sounds too good to be true, but that's one of the cornerstones of how I retain my focus. And then I have chosen, you know, in certain, I usually do it by like month. So I will choose a focus activity, usually something that has nothing to do with work, nothing to do with anything like that, but just something that takes my focus. Cooking is certainly one of them. I also am doing like this program for fun on like uh, reading your soul And that has taken a lot of focus where, you know, watch and listen to the different modules every day. I take notes. I do practice sessions. Like it's really fun for me. And it's cultivated this focus and deep dive in something that I know is translating into even focus on work things or being really present and focused when my partner is talking to me about something they want to discuss. Cooking, as I said, is one of those things where it's like, it brings me a lot of joy and I get lost in the recipe where I'm like, okay, so the exact measurement here and let me observe how this particular ingredient like makes this a little bit thicker. Like I just get so caught up in a good way, in like the sensory experience of cooking. Ooh, that smells so good. Okay. The oven's ready. We're going to wait this amount of time and just take a lot of pride in that process. And in doing that, I'm able to just focus so beautifully. So I want you to pick on like a monthly basis, something to really reclaim your focus, something that's fun, something that lights you up, something that has like very low stakes. Okay. And I want you to practice that over the month and see how it feels and see how it translates into different areas of your life and see how those like typical or usual forms of distraction are no longer as attractive to you, are as tantalizing to you. They just kind of become dull because you're like, but the deep focus is just the bee's knees. (laughs) Like that's what it becomes. Like you just want the depth because we do. We want the depth, but we become so used to the distraction and the surface and the overstimulation and the quickness of information. But really what we crave is a balance of stillness and depth. And stillness doesn't mean necessarily physical stillness all the time, but mental stillness, mental relaxation you could be cooking, but like totally like, ooh, just not thinking about it. Just kind of following the recipe, but just kind of doing it. You're not really overthinking things like, oh God, what if this is horrible? It's like low stakes. We're just making something, right? You can be on a walk, just like observing your neighborhood and like the um, nature around you as if you're just seeing it for the first time, or maybe you're people watching and you're not thinking too much. You're just like, oh, cool. Taking everything in, Right. So these types of still yet focused activities are just so nourishing and they will teach you what it feels like to choose that focus. 
And I really think to round this out, focus to me is when I am in conversation with my heart, you know, with my soul, whatever, however you want to describe it. And I don't feel pulled. I feel clear. And even if things are not certain and I'm in an unknown, I still feel clear that when it is time, I will be guided and I feel comforted by that. And that helps me to keep focus rather than distracting myself with needing to control or, you know, needing to avoid this uncomfortable feeling of not knowing. So I know that if I am cultivating my relationship with my soul, with my heart, and in little ways, just following my heart, just taking that left turn instead of the right turn on my walk or calling a friend that I've been meaning to call or you know, I've been really dying to make that recipe and share it with friends and like pass out these cookies, right? Like just really following my heart. I noticed that my ability to focus is so, so much stronger. Don't know the science behind it, but I've practiced this and tested this and it works. So I want you to bring to your heart in this closing of this episode, I want you to bring to your heart something that you have been avoiding and using distraction as a way to create a buffer between you and the thing that you've been wanting to do, wanting to be, wanting to embody, wanting to create. This could be having a really important conversation with a family member. This could be writing the book you've always wanted to write. This could be making the move that you've been wanting to do for years. You've been wanting to move to this new city. I want you to bring that to your heart. And I just want you to notice like how it feels to bring it so close into a place that's so vulnerable, so big, and like so a lot. Just notice. And I just want you to get curious here. Let's get curious about this feeling of overwhelm, perhaps that you're feeling or whatever you're feeling. Let's get curious about it. So you can even ask, you know, hand over heart, just like, oh, what is here? What is this? How is this intense feeling distracting me from what is really here for me? And just see what comes up. Let's get curious. Or maybe you ask, where does this come from? You know, where is this overwhelm? Like, show me the origin of this and just notice what your heart shows you. And this is something you can do on your own. So, you know, I'm going to keep moving, but you can definitely do this on your own. So let's take just note of this process. Then with that new information, can you bring a little bit more compassion to the part of you that wants to create that buffer between you and doing the thing, being the thing, embodying the thing, finally starting the thing, like, can we, can we just have a little compassion conversation with that part of you? Like, yeah, you know, it must feel so big and expansive that it scares you because you've never done it before and no one's ever modeled that for you. And it must just feel like a lot of pressure. And and I'm totally seeing and hearing you on that. You know, just providing a little bit of just like big, big sister brother energy, right? And then I want you to have that conversation that's like, yeah, but you know, adult Lindsay, adult you is in control. And we're going to, we're going to go on this ride. And I want you to know you're going to be totally safe, but I am going to prioritize and focus on what's in alignment for me. And my ability to focus, really hold focus on what is true and what's aligned is what you're seeking is that feeling that you're seeking. So you can trust me on that. And then I want you to pick, you know, a, something that you can do, something that you can focus on just right now, you know, over the next, let's say week that you can focus on that is kind of working towards the thing that you want to do, be embody, finally create, make it small. I don't want you to go straight to the thing. Maybe if you have to have an intense or serious conversation or important conversation with a family member, maybe over the next week, every single morning, you can write a letter either to that family member in, you know, in the context of this conversation that you want to have. That takes focus, that takes presence, that takes commitment. Or maybe you write to the part of you that's afraid to have this conversation, right? 
So I want you to cultivate a practice of focus around this thing that you really want to do, be, create. And I want you to see how you feel at the end of this week. How does it feel? Huh. A little more confidence. Pride in the fact that you stuck to it and you were focused. You feel a little less anxious because you were able to go deep. You were able to provide yourself the space and the time to go deep. Ooh. Yeah, that feels good. I I want more of that, right? And so then we just invite in another practice of focus that is moving us towards that thing. What is the next one for the next week? And we can take this in stages. If you feel ready to kind of go bigger, okay. But we can take this in stages. Okay, how does that feel? You can do this. You can totally, totally do this. I'm really thankful that, yeah, we could chat about this today. And that I could kind of put my recent experience into uh, an audio form for you. We're also on YouTube, by the way. But it was, it was really important. I felt called. I was like, oh, is this a weird episode to put out on Valentine's Day? And I was like, no, <laughs> it totally applies. Totally applies because a holiday like Valentine's Day can certainly pull us from our center, pull us from our focus. It can make us and convince us that there are a lot of other things that are more important, meaning, you know, the flowers are really important. You know, the cards are really important today. Make sure you do that. It's really cool if you have a partner that you can celebrate with. It's really awesome if you can do a double date and do, you know, whatever the mind goes for, but it it applies. You know, there is a deep focus that is required in cultivating a relationship with yourself that translates into every other relationship with a romantic, friends, family, any, right? So how can we live less in our heads, live more in our hearts, which is where I believe true focus gets its juice. And how can we cultivate practices where we feel our powers increasing? I don't know about you, but scrolling social media does not make me feel powerful. It leaves me feeling a little depleted, deflated sometimes, maybe just like zapped of my energy. Maybe that's just me. But, you know, how can we feel our powers increase? I wanted to pull just a a quote from Cal Newport's Deep Focus. Distraction is the opposite of joy, which becomes rarer as we spend more time in a frictionless environment of easy and trivial digital choices. So I'll leave you with that. You know, the point is not to live in this frictionless existence. When the pain comes up, there is a purpose to create more of who you are, to mold you into more of who you are, to activate more of your power. But if we live in a frictionless environment and everything is just easy breezy, you know, convenience, you name it in this like digital world, it's just like lots of trivial choices around us, right? Then how are we like going deep? How are we growing? How are we reflecting and understanding things on a deeper level? Like it's, it's almost impossible at times. So let's not avoid the friction. Let's not avoid the hard. We are absolutely able to navigate this from our hearts in that focused state. We absolutely can, and you deserve that experience. I love you guys so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening. I hope this landed. Even if one thing landed, I have done my job truly. Take time to slow down so we can kind of let things settle a bit lower, right? Not in the head, but really in the heart and in the gut. So take time to slow down a little bit, balance out that constant, constant grind in motion. I'm here for you. I am back on IG. I am, but intermittently, I'm officially back. So you can DM me. I would love to talk about this episode. It would mean a lot to have a conversation with you about this and how it landed And if it did, tag me on Instagram. I want to hear about it. I want you to share it with friends. It means a lot to us. I am on Instagram at Lindsay Simsick. You can find out more about Almost 30, what we got going on, almost30.com. 
And uh, last plug is my sacredness of being single program. So if you are someone who, you know, is in this season of your life, I would be so honored to support you. It was a transformational season for me and hundreds of women have gone through this program and I continue to support them in reclaiming this season, finding power here. And it doesn't mean we're avoiding getting in a relationship. That's not the point at all. Um, In fact, I think if you embrace this season in the way that we are on the program, you will find yourself in a relationship that is just more soul fulfilling than you could ever imagine. So I would love for you to join me. You can join at any time. We do live calls, two hour live calls with me once a month. They are just so deep and juicy and the best. And I'm excited to welcome you into the program. You can go to sacrednessofbeingsingle.com. And I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I will see you on the next one. 